How can you get unstuck in your life and in your relationship? We'll find out on this edition of Frank Relationship. You're listening to Frank Relationships with Frank Love. Frank Love. Frank Love. Frank Love. Frank Love. Yes, as always, those are my babies. Thanks for getting Daddy started today. Mwah! Licensed psychologist and coach Dr. Karen Sherman is with us today. And I'm curious, Dr. Sherman, how does one reconnect with their partner? You have to decide that you want to do it. Mm. Because once you make that decision, then you can go ahead and do a whole bunch of things. But it starts with your decision that you want to do it. How do you know you're disconnected? Well, it's a variety of things. You're just not feeling it. You know, I've got a whole bunch of couples who walk in and say, you know, I'm not feeling the same things I felt when we first fell in love. Um, And, uh, you know, we're just like two passing ships in the night. Mm-hmm. Um, the butterflies aren't there. There's just, you know, it's, it's just not the same as it used to be. So when those kinds of feelings are there, um, a lot of couples think that it is, you know, time to sort of say goodbye, and there is nothing further from the truth. Well, really? Okay, so when do, when do people, in your experience, find themselves walking through your door compared to when they actually start having that feeling? Is there a big Uh-oh. gap? <laughs> Typically, it's probably way too far into that. Unfortunately, lo- longer or later than they should be right. because, you know, it's just like a lot of people wait and wait and wait to go to the doctor, and if they would go sooner, they, they would be able to get their help at a point where it would be easier uh, for the healing to take place. So people generally come when they're desperate or where one of them has got a foot out the door. Mm-hmm. And uh, but when they're desperate, if, if a person gets desperate, that means that they actually care about their relationship in my, in my warped sense of No, it's at not it. warped at all. Okay. I think you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that when people um, have no feelings at all or are feeling indifferent, that, to me, is a signal that the relationship really is in trouble. But you're absolutely right, Frank. When they are desperate or when they, um, you know, have feelings of, um, you know, I'm hopeless or whatever else, at least there's a feeling there. And so when people come into my office and say, I feel disconnected, um, I, I don't have what I used to have, I that that is a workable couple because at least I can offer them ways that they can find their way back. I uh, saw a mm-hmm. movie last night with my wife. I took her for her birthday. It's called The Big Sick. Oh, wonderful movie. Oh, You've seen it, really? Yeah, wonderful movie. There's someone who goes to see the stuff that, that I see. see. <laughs> uh, Doc, you gotta, we got to let you go because... You can't the be that quality sh- of guest. <laughs> if you <laughs> if you're seeing the stuff I see, you you got to be a weirdo. <laughs> no, oh no, it's a goodness. wonderful movie. Okay. It's not it's not weird at all. It's a great movie. Explain. <laughs> I've been telling everybody to go see it. Really? All right, the floor is yours. Please tell the yeah, please tell, tell Nancy what the what the show what the movie was about. Well, the movie is about a it's a true story by the way. It's about a Muslim uh, gentleman and a white woman, and um, the difficulties that they encounter because they are from, you know, two different um, sectors of life, Um, and so the hardships that they have to face and Mm -hmm. how they deal with that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say anything more than that because I would give away the movie, but it is a delightful movie. Um, and it's a must-see. It uh-huh. really is terrific. It's a must-see. Oh, well, so you say he's not only Muslim. The guy isn't just Muslim. He's okay. also Pakistani. 
that's which, correct. Yeah, which adds another, it, it adds a, a, a depth to, to the movie because he's dealing with his family dynamic. Okay. Yes. Um, he, the family wants him to get into an arranged marriage, and he is, is dating and interested in a white female. So it, it, it goes some interesting places. Wow. Oh, yeah. And I'll yeah. say this. I haven't seen the film, mm-hmm. but Ray Romano and Holly Hunter are in it. Yes. Okay. And they're awesome. Okay. Yes. Okay. I mean, you okay. look, and what, I, what I'm looking at is like an independent movie, me, my wife, and two other people sitting in the theater. Really? You know, it's, it's, are you kidding? Where, that's all? where I lived, the theater was packed. That's great. Well, I went on that's a weeknight. New York, right? You know, I went on a weeknight at, at a, what is it, a 930 show. Maybe, I, you know, I don't know if that happened. Wait a minute. Been. I want to say something. How did you know it was in New York theater? Me? I didn't. I yeah, said, you, you I said, said, said that was in New York theater. I How said did you know Because that? of your British accent. <laughs> 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 yeah. We, we, didn't, we didn't fully introduce you to Jeff, but... Uh, <laughs> He is a he uh, surmised. Right. Yes. <laughs> he's a very viable part of the show, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> and he's from Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from New York, actually. Okay. See, all right. See, all right. Clean that up. Um, okay. Oh. So why did I bring up the big sick? Yeah. Why? Well, there was some advice. And, and back to, well, well, the Ray Romano piece. So you look at, you know, Ray Romano is a big, you know, in entertainment. Yeah. There's not many people bigger than Ray Romano. And with... After he did um, Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. You know, that was yeah. a huge television show. Okay. It was on forever, very popular. You know what? After that, he did a series that was only on for a couple of seasons that was, uh, it was called Men of a Certain Age. Oh, I didn't know that. With, I never saw that. Never heard oh, of oh that. no. It's, it, and again, it, I don't know why it only there? lasted. No, it was only on for two seasons. It was three or four friends, I think three. Ray Romano, um, Andre Brower from um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Chief, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. great, great actor, character uh, actor. I think he also was on The Wire. I'm uh, not sure. I know he's he's been in, he was in the movie Frequency. He was in a longstanding okay. series. Anyhow, a serious actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to think of the third actor. Uh, his name will come to me. Three guys of a certain age, let's say mid-40s, sure. all with different family dynamics. And they're friends. Mm-hmm. One's single and and mingling. One's uh, divorced. divorced. One's married with yes. kids. And okay. and it just may because I'm a man of a certain age. It just hit on all of those sentiments and issues. And wow. and and again, maybe it didn't last because <laughs> the audience was just men of a certain age mm-hmm. who don't normally watch television. Mm-hmm. But it was a great show. Really great show. Did nice. is it on cable? Was it, it was on. I might want to say something like, you know, maybe AMC. Okay. It, but it was on television. Oh, so uh-huh. It wasn't a pace. It wasn't a pace system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, and, and like you said, Holly Hunter was great, too. Yeah. And again, Ray Romano, while there were comedic elements to his character, sure. it was a dramatic role. Okay. All right. Okay. And so the to have Ray Romano on there, it, it really, I, I was amazed that he would do this movie, what I I. I, it seems like an independent movie, the type of movie that's independent. Okay. Um, and but he did great. He did great. The movie was, uh, I, I, I would say more, but sounds so like wait, people wait, are actually are you saying, saying it. that you only went because it was your wife's birthday and she made you go. No, I. Oh. Sounds like it was that's his wife's it. birthday and he made her go. <laughs> no, no, he made him go. No. She made him go. No, 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 you don't understand. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I, Tell her I said happy birthday, by the way. Well, between the two of you, Nancy has the writer um, <laughs> the writer perspective. Indeed. Uh, okay. Honey, so, it's your birthday. Let's go see a show I want to see. Okay, baby. Oh, it was his, it was his birthday. Got it. No, 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 no. it was... Her birthday. It was her birthday. But he right. but they but for her birthday, they go to see a movie Frank wants to see. No, no, yes. no. Are you You're wrong. Me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, you hear her? Are you kidding me? This is a woman who's trying to keep people together. You are a prime candidate for how they fall apart. Go on, Doc. Doc, you're not just a guest today, but you'll be doing a lot of counseling. Counseling. <laughs> <laughs> Won't be the first time that I've been on shows that I've, I've been guesting on. Oh, my goodness. All right. What happened was yeah. I read a review. Actually, I read a few reviews about this movie 
in the, the Washington Post a couple of weeks, a couple of days ago. Okay. And it, it was it was well it was well received. Reviewed, okay. Yes, and it reviewed. was. By so, both reviewers, you know, by both critics and fans, by the way. Yes, yes. Well, I, I, my wife and I, we went to see a my kind of movie a few days ago, which was called "It Comes in the Dark." So it was, it was that was like a a horror type of movie. Okay. Um, and I, I knew I was gonna take her to see this on her birthday, and it was, it's a, it's such a quiet, what I consider a sleeper, um, that I knew she hadn't heard of it, and so I, I just figured she loves chick flicks. Romantic comedies, that's her thing. Okay. Oh, hey. That's fair. I took her to see it because she wanted to see it and didn't just know about it. Oh, she didn't know she wanted to see it. Exactly. Got it. So she really enjoyed the movie. Okay. What else did you do for her birthday? Mm. Look at you. (laughs) Listen, you on your own now, Doc. (laughs) (laughs) The the day before, well, the day before is the fourth. So we did a big cookout and gave her a nice, beautiful sentiment on a card um did you bring the flowers no i didn't i didn't <gasps> what I didn't, you're the no. flowers guy some yes yes yeah. you're right I, I am but that was really it that okay. was really it okay. um well okay, no, so no 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 dinner question. and no we also I'm did bring this back around to how do you do things that are important for your marriage are those the kinds of things that she feels are what she needs to know that she's loved absolutely Absolutely. Okay. So, so she so yeah. she likes sentimentality. She likes being told that she's loved. Being told that she's loved. She likes yeah. that. I mean, but the bigger the bigger deal is the the time, the romantic comedies. Okay. Um, we also had crabs in the we bought some crabs the day before so we had crab for dinner last night i misunderstood that. i did <laughs> I was just gonna say i'm glad that you qualified that <laughs> that'll, that'll oh, bring you together it's not me it is so not me today oh my goodness oh she's gonna have to listen to this show <laughs> thank you Hassana. how long have you guys been together oh man um 13 years okay yeah. okay okay yep so. i noticed that I noticed that somehow you said her birthday and I hear your anniversary. Don't ask me why that signal got crossed, but go on. It's, well, it's cool. It's uh, cool. Yeah, so, um, what else? <sighs> um, the, and so we enjoyed eating the crab this are, that are crustaceans. Yes, yes. <laughs> while watching television before falling asleep on the couch last awesome. night. So that's that's kind of our thing. I don't know why we enjoy falling asleep on the couch together. That's Oh, that's cozy though. Nice it's, cuddle yeah, time. That's it awesome. is. We woke up together at six in the morning. Got wow. off the couch. Yeah, it's it's I don't That's beautiful. Is it? Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Um you didn't like that. that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind okay. being I'm just cute. thinking about like chumming it up, cozying it up on the couch with someone. I have to like real really be into it. Mm-hmm. Cuz otherwise, I just I want my own space well, a little bit. Well, it isn't know? the most comfortable position. Exactly. Um, so to like take that on and find comfort in uncomfortability. Mm-hmm. You can only do that when you love someone, I feel. Okay. Um, yeah. You, yeah. you got anything on that, Doc? I think it's really important to be making physical contact. Mm. So I think that that's really, you know, really important. And I don't necessarily mean sexual physical contact. Right. Yeah. I think any kind of, um, you know, hugging and touching and holding hands mm. is really, really important. So mm. um, that image of the two of you cuddling on the sofa is really very nice. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. All right. He should make it another year. I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Frank Relationships, a show for you, my brethren, who, like me, are too young to be considered old and too old to be considered young. It's also for those of you who love and support us. We're here to provide weekly wisdom, conversation, and the information that will help create loving and flexible parents and partners. I'm Frank Love, and you can find me, my blog, and my various social media incarnations at franklove.com. If you listen to the show on Blog Talk Radio, please follow us, and then via iTunes, please subscribe so that you can effortlessly get the show each week. Also, if you're enjoying the show, and of course you are, 
Please give us a favorable iTunes rating and please share it with your family and friends on your favorite social media platform. We're always looking for new social media friends, so please help us help our communities by spreading the word about the show. Greetings to my super duper co-host, Nancy Goldring. Greetings, Frank. How are you? I'm great. The consummate generalist is here. Mm, indeed. That is her. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my temporary slash permanent tagline. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Today's guest is a wife and mother and has been in private practice for 25 years with a specialty in relationships and assisting people achieve their greatest potential. She's the author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last, which is a self-help book that allows couples to revitalize their marriage, and she's the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life which focuses on enabling people to let go of their wired-in automatic responses from their past in order to live a life of their choosing. She's also a university faculty member. We'll find out a little bit about that as we chat. So, if you, like me, want to know how to empower your relationship through team accountability, the things to watch out for if you wish to avoid a bad long-term relationship, Nancy, we're going to... I'm going to make sure you hear that very clearly <laughs> and how to make the best of your current and lasting long-term relationship. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Then okay. stay tuned as your Frank Relationship team talks with Dr. Karen Sherman. Dr. Sherman, welcome to the show. Hi. It's so nice to be with you here today. <laughs> Thanks for joining Great us. Great to have you. Yes. <laughs> well, before we get even further into... Uh, today's interview and I, I actually I got something I'm gonna throw out out on the floor mm. just a, some a personal thing okay so I, I before I get to my personal more personal stuff where y'all are picking on me I uh, we're gonna check in to see what's going on in the news oh. so oh, Dr. Dag. Sherman please I thought that was gonna be it you thought man. That was, yeah so he had me stand by on the on, now yes. okay so uh, Dr. Sherman please don't be bashful we want you to to join in on on what we're about to discuss unless you you may have something in the news that you've seen or heard of that you want to throw out there but if not I'm ready to roll you want to hear, hear it all right Four behaviors that increase your chances of divorce. And I, I saw this on a website called www.prima.co.uk. Okay. All right. Behavior number one, contempt. Killer. Yeah. There's a, now, Dr. Sherman, you may have heard of this. Somewhere in your introduction and initial conversation, I was thinking of this term called the four horsemen. Mm-hmm. And I was reluctant to mention them all because I couldn't remember all four of them. But contempt is one of them and mm. supposedly probably the most detrimental to a relationship of the four. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, when you but but contempt doesn't just happen. Right. It's a buildup. And if you would be more open, if you would share your feelings if you, you know, and at, at the beginning of the show, I was talking about not waiting until things get really, really bad. Mm-hmm. But if you would be willing to share your feelings and let your partner know when you're starting to feel like things are going off track, then the resentment wouldn't build and build and build and then eventually lead to contempt. Mm-hmm. The problem is that because we're human, we feel vulnerable. And therefore, we are very hesitant to share our feelings. You know, the good part is that we're human and we've got feelings, but we're very vulnerable. So we don't talk about our feelings. And that's what I think really gets us into a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. All right. Number two is criticism. Mm. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. so, So that is really just... Um, an extension of what I just said. So because we're afraid to be open about our feelings, we will end up blaming the other person. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, I need some help, um, I, I, you know, feel or attention. like I can't do this. Um, I feel like um, I, I'm, you know, um, unable to handle this. 
I'll turn it around and I'll say, you know, you're never there for me. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, why didn't you um, uh, realize I needed this? Or why didn't you do X, Y, or Z? Because it's too difficult for me to share with you that I am in need or that I'm wanting, so instead I'm going to blame you. Now, we don't do that consciously, but that's the way it comes out. Um, And so when you start attacking or criticizing your partner, they're going to get defensive. And so they're either going to shut down themselves or they're going to attack back. And so now you've got this cycle going where you're criticizing each other back and forth and back and forth. And by the way, that will also lead to more contempt. Mm. Which which goes hand in hand with the third one, which is defensiveness. Which you just mentioned. And the stonewalling, which is shutting down. Stonewalling is number four. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And for men, and I'm not meaning to be prejudicial here, um, but we generally know that men, and this is because they're really more sensitive, which I'll explain if you if you want in a moment. But men are more sensitive than women. Women are more emotional, but men are more sensitive. So in mm-hmm. other words, they react more quickly. Um, and we know that this is a physiological response um, so that internally they're um, reacting at a quicker response rate to stimuli that are coming at them. And so what happens is that to guard against feeling badly, they either stonewall, which means they shut down to protect themselves, or they deflect it, which comes out as barking or Mm -hmm. yelling. Mm -hmm. Um, Now what happens is that women, upon seeing that reaction, then respond to that. Um, So at the beginning of the show, when you said to me, how do you, um, you know, change this around? And I said, you have to decide to. Mm -hmm. Then what I mean further by that is I have a term that I call action equals reaction. Um, So in other words, if I decide, okay, I want to change this. I want to do something differently. I don't want to accept the relationship as it is. I am now empowering myself and I am deciding to to do something differently so even if things are not good between the two of us if I decide to do something positive or if I decide to make a gesture that I know is going to be well received my partner will now react in a positive way back to me so in a few moments ago we were talking about how if I'm critical, the person will respond defensively, and then they'll attack me back. And we did that dance. Mm-hmm. If I do the dance the other way, it will uh, cycle in a positive way. So I'm going to tell a quick little anecdote from my own life to show you how it works. Okay. Um, when my husband and I uh, sometimes get very stressed, one of the things we like to do is to go for a drive because we just both enjoy it. And so we had this you know, date plan that we were going to go out and have a drive and just, you know, have a nice time and everything. And he said something that really ticked me off. Mm-hmm. Not and a husband. Aside from being a therapist, <laughs> I'm a woman. And so Mercy. I got really, you know, annoyed at him. And so okay. I responded back badly. And mm-hmm. now he responded back, you know, in kind. And we were fighting. <laughs> and I sat there and I said to myself, how, how much freedom do I have on this uh, uh, Go call for or this show t- as Go far as my it. language. Shut oh. it down, Doc. Okay. <laughs> so, so I sat there to myself and I said, Karen, you teach this shit. You try to try to use some of it. Uh-huh. So I said to myself, okay, let's try to turn this around. Mm-hmm. And so what I did after I took a couple of deep breaths and relaxed, I said something nice to him and he then said something nice to me. Mm. And then again, I said something nice back to him and within a few minutes we turned the whole thing around. Wow. So my point is that at any given moment, any one of us has the power to do that. But generally, each of us gets so caught up in our own negativity or our own upset that we're like, you know, kids on a playground. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not going to let me use the jump rope. You can't play with my crayons. Mm -hmm. Well, then you can't come to my party. Well, then I don't want to be friends with you. And that's where it goes, you know, it goes south. Ramping it up. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, Doc, when you say, I know this seems like it should be self-explanatory, but when you say I said something nice to him, now, in my mind, I'm like, you guys are in, a, in the midst of an argument. You want to go out for a drive to just bring some, you know, fun and love and joy into your relationship, and you say something, but you're, but you're in, this, in the heat of an argument, yeah. and then you say something nice, and I'm thinking to myself, what the heck would I say nice after I'm, after I'm ready to pummel you with mm-hmm. something not so nice and you actually receive it as you know I, i'm thinking what am, what am i gonna say you know that's an awesome shirt you got on what, what the heck you know what you, I mean? what let am, me, doc can i jump I, in sure absolutely uh, this touches on something that i put in the card that i wrote to my wife yesterday wow, okay and it I, I said i enjoy our life together so much that even our disagreements are fun and it, it really it really can be heartwarming when because we can be disagreeing and you know just realize that we're just picking on one another okay or just go. yeah just yeah. and and then just she may say you're cute you know, <laughs> i mean really just out of right. the blue you know in the middle okay. of okay. Or, or you know you right. look you look nice in that dress you know something you know it could be Whatever, but the bottom line is you, even in the midst of arguing about something, you realize you love each other, and the reason you're picking on each other right now is because you love each other, and, okay. you know, it's just okay. kind of it's, uh, get through the issue and, you know, just yeah. get back on track. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah. see, I see. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. You know, I mean, and so, you know, I could say something like, by the way, I really appreciated that, uh, you know, you did such a good job on that table you put together a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of people will say, but I'm not feeling it. Well, of course you're not feeling it. You're ticked off. Mm-hmm. But if you do it anyway, you fake it till you, you make till it. You make it yeah. If you do it anyway, what happens is, because we have research, that feelings follow behavior. So if you do it, then eventually the feelings will come back. And that's why if a couple comes in and says we're disconnected, as long as you just start doing certain things, the feelings will come back. I mean, there's other stuff also, but, but it really can be revived. Mm-hmm. The mm. only thing that's gotten in the way is life. Yeah, yeah. Okay. If you once had it, you, you can, can have it again. It. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you want it, if you want that's it. That's right. Yeah. And if you like each other, and there's, there, but there, I have been in relationships where I didn't really, I really, didn't, didn't like, like her. She didn't like me. Wow. We didn't really. We got to the point where the culture of the relationship was just like, yuck. it was just yeah, mm. yeah, mm. Uh, and and it just had to end. Okay. Uh, so was, you were feeling indifference, Frank. Yeah. Yes. Right. And Absolutely. so then, if there's indifference, then there's nothing there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then mm. that's that's so real. That is right. very But as you said at the beginning, if there's negativity, there's still something there. Yes, that's true. That's right. true. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there was something that we were saying a second ago. The uh, with the the dynamic between the couple or even with me and my wife, it's also it's w- once you do it one time, it okay. becomes easier to do a second time and a yes. third. Yes. When you start to realize you can disconnect a situation you you become more proficient at it yeah 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 so it's, it's not just fake it till you make it it's, it's also you know do it until uh, do it because it will it will it will change the feelings but it's also the more you do it the better you'll get at it i see okay yeah. so. okay so this criticism thing so i read this book and it talked about not criticizing your partner and and it sounded good it sounded good and i found myself kind of stuck with well what if there's something that i really think it would be of service to my partner to know about mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. and so and do i risk them feeling criticized over them feeling contributed to and how do i you like how do i make that distinction 
I think it's an important question that you're asking, Nancy. Um, so first of all, I have a little um, equation that I use for um, bringing something negative up sure. to our partner. Mm. So the first part is to take the other person off the hook because you want them to hear what you're going to say. And if you start out blaming them or saying something critical, they shut down, they're not going to hear it. Sure. So if you start out by you didn't do something intentional or you didn't realize you were doing this or I'm sure you didn't mean it, anything, it doesn't matter, take them off the hook. Mm -hmm. Then the next thing you want to do is to objectively state the facts. It's just objective. You know, but when you, um, you know, through all, but when I found all the clothes on the floor, you know, mm. um, I really, and then you talk about how it makes you feel. It makes me feel that I'm the maid um, and that, you know, the expectation is that I'm the one that, that's got to do all the cleaning, as opposed to saying, you know, you're such a slob. Mm -hmm. um, and then that gets heard better. Mm. Okay. But okay. if it's something where it's really going to hurt them, um, you know, like maybe they're drinking too much. Mm-hmm. Then what you want to say again is, you know, I, I, I would use basically the same method, but a lot of it's going to be in your tone, and it's going to be in your concern. Tone has a lot to do with how something gets heard. And if you say, you know, there's something I want to raise with you, and it's really because I care about you, and I'd like you to think about it, you know, as opposed to coming across as the controlling, I know better, you know, this is what you're doing and it's not good. Um, part of the problem with being a psychologist is a lot of times the answer is it depends. You know, <laughs> if somebody's doing something where it's dangerous, <clears throat> excuse me, like they're drinking and they're bringing the children in the car or they're drinking and they're driving, then you have to, you know, present it a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to say this is not acceptable, mm -hmm. you know, but you still have to say I'm concerned about you. Um, you know, and, and I know I may be coming across as a taskmaster, but at the end of the day, not only is it illegal, but, you, but, you know, you, you could kill yourself. Um, I, I think though, it always has to be said in a way that you let the other person know that it's because you care. I got a couple things to add. Sure. Sure. The w one, one strategy could be to literally ask for permission to share something. Absolutely. I think that's a very good addition. And it, when you ask for permission, you really have to ask as though you care what the answer <laughs> is. So it's not just, can I, can I share something with you? But it's also, if they say yes, then you are willing to share it. And if they say no, you shut up. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a, that's, a, that's a strategy that will help the, the connection to um to be a little gentler i mean they okay. can hear it when they want to hear it okay um another is to realize that in many ways god is always working so even if you don't criticize or share what your belief is that most likely something else is speaking to them telling them that also there's there because you're not the only force in their mm. universe and in their sphere and all of that kind of stuff right. there's there's other there are other messages that they're getting from other places and so other people other people other forces whatever have you are also speaking to them and you can have and, and have confidence that it's not just you if it's if the issue is real it's not just you sharing it and right. you don't have to necessarily take take that on as your quote-unquote burden but if it's real, it is, and it's, it doesn't have to come from you. You can trust that they'll get the message. Yeah. I'm going to mention something, and doctor, please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just speaking out of experience. Mm -hmm. I've been married over 30 years. There are certain quirks, idiosyncrasies, that I know I'm not going to mention to my wife. Mm -hmm. You know, those, mm -hmm. those yeah. cute things that were so adorable mm -hmm. and yeah. amazing when we were dating are now the most annoying things Absolutely. in the history of the world. But <laughs> I'm not going to tell her that her giggle bothers me Absolutely. because she can't change that. Yeah. Correct. So Absolutely. you definitely have to be discerning on what, you know, pick your battle, so to speak. Sure. Mm -hmm. There are things that I find myself 
only correcting things that I think might be embarrassing to her or us Mm -hmm. as a couple or family. For instance, she became addicted to Facebook. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was one of those people that would like the comment or comment on a comment. And after a while, I'm like, just because a friend of yours said something doesn't mean you have to co-sign and be on there every day. Because after a while, you're becoming one of those people Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. she would sometimes talk about, oh, can you believe Cindy's on Facebook again saying this? Yeah, Yeah. and you're on talking back to her. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, again, that's a minor example. but. Pick and choose because there are some things that either will erupt into something much bigger mm. or can't be changed, mm. you know, right. like I think the giggle. I think that's wonderful, Frank. I think you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I had a couple I was working with where he did exactly the, what you're saying not to do. He used to talk to her about the way she walked, mm. and she used to say, what am I supposed to do about that? That is the way I walk, and it makes me feel so little that he keeps commenting on that. And so you're right on. Wow, Jeff. That was Jeff, and that was spot on. I mean, mm. there's, there's, wow, there's plenty of there for each of us to chew on, and hopefully the listener uh, appreciates what everybody's had to say yeah, also. Relationships have ended over so, an yeah. annoying laugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um. Okay, we, we were just talking about four behaviors that increase your chance of divorce. I was at a conference uh, a week ago, two weeks ago. I presented at a fatherhood conference, and it's something I really quickly want to share. There was the, there, uh, a physician was on a panel, and he was talking about the three, like the three pillars of death or something like that. You know, yeah. it, was, it was three things that when they go together, you got a problem. Okay. Um, and they were high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and high sugar. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to, I felt we, 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 were, we were doing the numbers thing, and that number that we were talking about four, and this three thing came to mind. So I just wanted to, mm. to throw that out. When you have the three of those, you got a problem. Mm. Yeah, so keep paying for, for my listeners. on a banana peel. Yeah, well, <laughs> for my listeners, please pay attention yeah. to your blood pressure, cholesterol, and yeah, sugar, sugar, wow. sugar, glucose. That's our health moment. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's my health moment. Cool. Okay, uh, what are the things to watch out for if you wish to avoid a bad long-term relationship? That's I'm trying to process that question. There's, mm. there's a lot of negatives in there. What yeah, are the yeah. things to avoid if you want a, a to avoid a bad long-term relationship let's can we put it in the positive absolutely what we want to do to have a long positive relationship okay well well actually i am i'm I'm looking at a blog post that you did and i'm gonna give i'm a number one the first on your post was does this person tell you too much information no does this person tell you too much about their personal history too early on Uh, there's a yeah. pacing that's normal in any relationship, and if someone reveals too much too yeah. soon, it generally suggests that there are boundary issues. Yeah. So that's <laughs> yeah. something to keep in mind when you're looking for the right, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Right. right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so okay. the, yeah. the second is, does the person have a habit that you find annoying right from the beginning? Right, because <laughs> if, they're, if it's annoying, let's go back to those habits that you were saying you shouldn't tell your partner about because it could break a relationship. Mm-hmm. If, if it's an annoying habit right in the beginning and you spot it, um, that habit is not going to go away because everybody's putting their best foot forward initially. Mm-hmm. So when you get more comfortable with each other, that habit is only going to increase. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, you are warned by seeing it in the beginning, it's only going to get more extreme as you go on. Mm. Uh, you want to look out for um, the dynamics that the person has with their family. Um, again, because that is going to be revealing of what's going to happen. A lot of people think that you marry the person, and that's you do, but you also marry their family. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so if you're not pleased with the family dynamics, then um, it may not be right for you. Um, another thing that you want to be concerned with 
I mean, and, and I'm not even talking about the things like uh, that you should have the same basic belief systems. Uh, it's much more challenging if you, going back to the big sick, uh, if you don't have the same culture and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had another thought that uh, I always talk about. Well, Uh, one of the things that you noted was if you're dating a divorced woman with kids, mm. does she expect you to be a part of their lives too soon into Mm. your relationship? Is she able to discipline them? Does her ex do right by them? Right. So that that touches on the family dynamic, how that family works. uh, How you're expected to operate within... Yeah, how, yeah, how mm. you how you view that and all of that good stuff. It's a very sticky situation, and you know today, it's it's not uncommon to get divorced and then remarry and to remarry somebody who has children, mm-hmm. and then it gets very sticky as to what your role is in that new situation as far as the step parent. So that really has to be spoken about. Um, beforehand. A lot of things should be spoken about before you tie the knot. Uh, but that adds a whole other layer. Um, so, so you really want not to think that love is going to just, you know, carry you through. Um, and um, there's, there's a lot of involvement in that. Uh, so I'm not saying that it shouldn't be done, of course. It, it would be ridiculous to say that. But I think that the more that you talk about things before you enter into a long-term relationship, the better off you are. It's not sexy uh, to talk necessarily about bringing up stepchildren or talking, forget about even stepchildren, about money and how you're going to handle money and how you're going to talk about, you know, um, if I want to go out with my friends, uh, how are we going to handle that or how are we going to just deal with arguments and things like that. Those are not sexy topics, but the more that you can talk about how you're going to deal with the day-to-day living, the better off you are, you know, once you are married. Mm-hmm. So that's how you avoid um, having uh, negative relationships with each other. You said it's not sexy, but I believe that it's very loving to have those conversations. Um, in fact, I wrote a book called How to Gracefully Exit a Relationship, and people ask me, how, why, why are you talking about how to gracefully exit a relationship why don't you talk about how to gracefully enter a relationship oh and and my response is the way you the way you are or the way you exit the relationship or the way you are once the relationship is over says everything about how you were in the relationship and it is exiting the relationship while it's not a pleasant thing to do it can be one of the most loving things that you ever do mm. for your relationship how you do that it's a mm-hmm. and and it's it almost is it's it feels like like oppositional to to what our normal um reaction response belief is however it is the the conversations that i suggest you have around exiting um the the difficult things that could come up during a relationship that often lead to an exit the conversations the ability to have those conversations is it's huge it really speaks volumes to the quality of your relationship mm. well especially if there are children involved yes absolutely mm. absolutely and and even when children are involved that that's one of the things worth talking about what will yeah. we do if we were to split with the children how mm-hmm. do you believe, and, and it's ideal to have that conversation before you even have, have children, children or before right. you're pregnant um, or, or, you know, before she's, she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, and you can't predict everything. You don't know all of the things that are going to come up, but you do know some of the big ones. And, you know, do, do you believe, um, Sally, do you believe that, that the children should automatically be with the mother? Jim, do you believe all the, that the children should automatically be with the father? I mean, these are these are ways. If those conversation starters, the beginning of those conversations, um, can can be the 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 doorway into some some much bigger and much more illuminating conversations. If if you believe that they should be with the mom, 
okay, well, I don't believe that. How would we navigate that? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to to give give some of that up in order to be with me who doesn't believe that at all? Um, mm-hmm. Or do you believe that the, if we were to split when our children are under three? And, you know, we had a guest on um, recently, uh, that, and, and she was very good. She was a very good guest. I don't remember her name. But where she was talking about the importance of motherhood in the early years, yes, the very, the, yes. the very the first nurturing, three years. the first three years. Yeah. So if, if you believe that co-parenting, you know, everything should be 50-50, what about the first three years when the child should almost be on the mother's bosom, according to this, this guest? 24-7. Oh, yes. Um, mm-hmm. the, and these are just... It, so it, it takes the it takes the relationship, the conversation, and the relationship off the surface, and I think a lot of times people let the circumstances of life deepen their relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, you wait until some uh, seemingly insurmountable situation. You know, you wait until you crash on some level yeah. mm-hmm. to determine who you know where you stand in, in, so with certain issues in your life and with each other. Mm-hmm. And and I think that what you're discussing, what you're suggesting, takes the relationship off the surface almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially saying, it's a roundabout way of saying, what are your intentions? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because those kinds of questions get to, is this person really serious about me or even about themselves and about their lives or are they just playing? Mm. Because once you start to, once you start to pierce through the veil of hi, how are you? What are we doing? You know, and some people have the resources to keep each other entertained for years, mm-hmm. and you think you're developing something, and you think you're getting somewhere, and then, you know, something crazy happens, and you're like, oh my god, well, you know, I remember thinking one time I was having a great time with this guy, and I remember the thought crossing my mind that if he lost his job, I would not want to have to weather that with him. Hmm. And I thought, well, then you know what? It's time for you to go. Hmm. You don't need to spend an inordinate amount of time with someone who doesn't draw that sense of ride or die out of you. Mm -hmm. And that's not even ride, like I didn't, I just, that was not the quality of storm I wanted to weather with him. I didn't feel like, he had demonstrated that level of interest in me. And I felt by virtue of just continuing to see him, I could find myself in, um, in the midst of a crisis for him. Mm-hmm. And by, extent, by, by, vir- vir- by virtue of our relationship, I should want to be there and want to be supportive. And when it clicked for me that I wasn't getting that level of engagement and that I wasn't willing to give it. I was not, I said, well, hey, you better figure, you better figure out where the button is and push it and get up out of here. Wow. wow. I think that's a very brilliant question to ask yourself and a very astute observation on your part that if you are not willing to weather something big like that with someone, then it's not the right person for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's an excellent entree to, you did another blog post uh, on the seasons of your relationship, and you mm-hmm. talk about how to ensure that the seasons of your relationship go well. And the, mm-hmm. the, first, the first tip, you, first thing you say is a lot of revitalizing your relationship has to do with the way you think about it. So decide to have a positive attitude and think in a fresh way about the two of you. Um, the second is take advantage of spring and nicer weather. Go outside, take a walk together. Mm-hmm. Just having some quiet time for, you, for the two of you will help free you from all the stress and try to make this a date time. So no talking about problems or kids. I think in general, if I, if I had to give, you know, as, as, I, as I look back, and I'm, I'm married almost 42 years now, mm. And I, if, I, if I had to give like an overview of what I felt was the most significant thing in relationships, it would be two things. Number one, to prioritize your relationship, because life does get in the way. There's always something that's going to happen. There's going to be, you know, in the early years, 
you know, the kids need you or you're building your careers um, or then there's older parents that need you. So there's always something, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. And so if you keep putting your relationship on a back burner, then there's no relationship to come back to. And the other thing is to to talk to each other, to open up and, and um, you know, share your feelings. Um, so, you know, when, I, when you mention, like, so spring is coming, if you get outside and you take some walks, then during those walks, number one, you're spending time with each other. You're, it's a time to revitalize. You know, um, it's a time to share some feelings. It's a wonderful time to be holding hands, which we know from research is really great for each other. And, and you know, if we go to winter and we talk about the seasons of your life as you retire, that's a wonderful time for the two of you also. But, but you have to now phase, talk about you've come to a new phase in your life. The kids are out. Mm-hmm. It's a time to look at what are you going to do now as a couple without children? How are you going to handle your retirement years? What do you want to do that you've never had an opportunity to do before? So in every season of your life together, there are opportunities to spend time, to talk to each other, to use it as a new adventure for yourself. Um, And I think in life in general, as an individual or as a couple, the way that you think about things is very important. Two different people will look at the same situation. One of them will see it as an opportunity and positive. The other will see it as negative and challenge and oh my. And the first person is obviously going to fare much better. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a horrible childhood. Um, I'm very thankful for that. I know that that sounds ridiculous. I understand. But it has taught me to be resilient. Mm-hmm. It has taught me to know that I can handle challenges. Um, it has given me lots of opportunities. It has made me a very good therapist. Um, other people, you know, it's woe is me. So I think that, you know, again, the way you think about life and the way that you look at life has everything to do with how it turns out. Yeah, and the way you look at life has everything to do with how you're going to act and react in your relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you got any interesting books or or movies that you that not not your own book? We'll we can certainly talk about that in just a second. But um, any interesting books or movies that you recommend? Well, I do think I, you know the way we started out um, the book we just talked about, which is uh, the Big Sick, mm-hmm. is the wonderful movie. on mm-hmm. many many levels. Yeah. Um, I think I love Gary Chapman's book about mm. the five languages the five of love, languages. Yeah. Uh, which is what I was getting at when I said to you before about did you give to your wife in the way that she wanted love expressed? Yes. Um, you know, I'm sure at some point, because I, I believe you've actually had uh, Dr. Chapman on as a guest. Yes. But basically what he says is that different people have different modes that they want to have love expressed. Mm-hmm. It's uh, verbally, physically... Uh, random acts of kindness, uh, gifts, and spending time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if if your wife wants to spend time with you and you went out and bought her a big beautiful gift, then you wasted your money. Yeah. You know. Uh, so I think that's a great that's a great book. I really I really love it. Um, for me personally, I love any book that's spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you were talking before Frank about. Um, you know, that you'll get the message in another way. Um, I do believe that as well. Um, and I think anything written by Deepak Chopra. I uh, love Deepak Chopra. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I, I think that a lot of the things that happen to us in life is the universe giving us messages. Um, and until we learn those messages, we keep getting lessons. Absolutely. So anything written by him, I love. Nice. One of one of the quotes that I enjoy is the God will whisper to you. And when you don't hear it, he'll roar. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Some, I like that. Yeah. I some like version that. of that. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't necessarily say it right. But um, and tell, tell us about your books. Well, my books are written based on my own personal life. Mm-hmm. So um, I wrote Marriage Magic um, along with my co-author, uh, Dale Klein, because I felt that there were um, lots of things. It's a, it's a self-help book with lots of exercises to help people deal with the realities of the challenges that they face in marriage. Um, and, you know, uh, exercises in order to face those challenges. So in the book, there's, you know, things like, you know, if you're feeling resentment, if you're feeling disconnected, etc. Um, mindfulness and the art of choice is the result of, uh, quite frankly, a terrible time that I went through in my own life. Mm-hmm. And what I found out from my own experience is that uh, traditional talk therapy is not enough. That you can talk about your problems and you come to understand them, but that talk is, is not going to be really the way to get out of it because you still get triggered. Many people still have reactions where it's almost like um, a, a, a force is taking you over. Some people will tell me, some clients will say that they feel that they're possessed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's because it's reactions from your past that are still in you, so to speak, um, that are still uh, stuffed up feelings from your past. And when something happens today that reminds you um, about it, um, you react as if it's happening now. It's really not happening now, but your, your buttons are getting pushed. Yes. So this wonderful therapist that I worked with um, help me to deal with it in a different way. It has more to do with recognizing the feelings in your body and then dealing with it differently. So that book was the um, way for me to let other people know uh, that there is a methodology different than just talk therapy. Though for many people, I would recommend using it with a therapist. And you've also just revealed that even therapists can use therapists. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm a big believer. I'm not one of those therapists that like doesn't tell you anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Many, and and I have to tell you, none of my clients ever run out saying, oh my God, she's had, you know, depression or she's had this or that. And so I can't go to her. (laughs) What my clients say to me is, oh, it's so good to know that, you know, you can have issues and and be okay. Mm I yeah. think it makes it more real. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I'm very willing to admit that, number one, I've had a very dysfunctional past, and number two, that I've, I've had difficulties in my life. Mm-hmm. And you can get through them. That's great. Awesome. I mean, not great that you've had difficulties. No, no, I know but, what you're yeah. But you yes, can get yes. through them. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. You're listening to Frank Relationships, and we've been talking with the author of Marriage Magic. Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last, which is a self-help book that allows couples to revitalize their marriage. And she's also the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She's Dr. Karen Sherman. Dr. Sherman, please tell us what you're up to and how we can find you. What I'm up to now is (laughs) I'm in semi-retirement, but Mm -hmm. I'm still doing couples work. Mm -hmm. And um, I have moved and so a lot of the work that I do, other than locally, is virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, so if people want to find me, they can find me through my site, which is drkarensherman.com, D-R-K-A-R-E-N-S-H-E-R-M-A-N.com, or they can find me through Psychology Today. Um, but um, that's, that's basically what I'm doing these days, because it's time for me to be enjoying my life and my husband's. Awesome. Along today's journey, we've discussed the movie The Big Sick, dealing with criticism and also how to give it if you give it, if you determine that you need to give it, and combining families, not just not just it being people connecting, mm-hmm. but also families connecting when we 
decide to connect or marry even at another at another level. Thank you to my co-host Nancy. Thanks to Jeff Newman, my engineer, and thank you to my guest, Dr. Karen Sherman. You've been great. I hope you've had as much fun as I've had hanging out with today's ensemble. As always, it's my wish for you to walk away from this conversation with a heaping helping of useful information that'll help you create a relationship that's as loving and accepting as possible. Let us know what you thought of today's show at Facebook forward slash Relationship F Love, on Twitter at Mr. That's Mr. Frank Love, or at FrankLove.com. If you're listening via Blog Talk Radio, make sure you like us there. And if via iTunes, make sure you subscribe so that you can receive each week's show. This is Frank Love. <laughs> <laughs>